Wave pool technology is progressing at a rapid rate as commercial surf parks open up all around the world. I'm your host, Brian Dickerson, editor at Wave Pool Mag. And together we'll explore this amazing new landscape by talking to the dreamers, developers, engineers, and everyone making this space happen. These are the personalities who are defining the breadth and scope of artificial wave making today. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. Welcome to the Wave Pool Mag podcast. My guest today is Julie Klein of Epic Surf, a stationary, rapid, or standing wave, whatever terminology you want to use, design system out of New York. Welcome to the podcast, Julie. Thanks so much for having me, Brian. I'm happy to be here. So it's cool. I'm glad we got to get you on after some some technical tangos. We're we're finally here and uh, talking. Yeah, absolutely. No, we're stoked to be a part of Wavepool Magazine and you know a part of the surf industry and be able to talk about our technology today. So thanks for having us. Oh yeah, d- yeah, definitely. So your um, product, Epic Surf, it's a standing wave, yeah. and we've covered your events which you which you have in the parking lot there at your headquarters in new york yeah so epic surf is a deep water stationary surf wave um it's a real wave of water you know so it's not just water a sheet of water over a foam surface or something like that it's a real deep water wave and we built our wave during covid in the pandemic in our parking lot at our facility in upstate new york So since we built our product there, we've had thousands of rides on the wave from people who have never been on a surfboard before to professional to world champion and everything in between. So it's been a very rewarding experience and a really learning experience for our company and for our product as well. I want to get back to the the technical how that comes about is like a pop-up, you know, surf park. Like uh, how long does it take to set up? you know, for one of your weekend events, it looks like there are cars in one day and the next day there's a surf spot. How does that that work? It does look that way. I mean, there's a lot of behind the scenes to setting up the wave. And, you know, we have an amazing team at ADG of engineers to manufacturers to sales team to everybody in between. So we have a lot of help to be able to assemble these events. You know, we don't run them constantly. It's not a wave that's open to the public. We've had the ability to invite different groups in and really test and let these riders be a part of the product inception. And we've learned from all the different people who've been on the wave to then tailor the wave for a better experience. So it's been a very good learning experience. But no, it's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's really impressive. And uh, hopefully someday we'll have that where it's just uh, set it up like a bouncy castle. Exactly. And, uh, Everyone Push a button and all of a sudden it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So within ADG is a larger company. You've made wave pools for years. Can you give us some background on the company? Absolutely. So Aquatic Development Group, ADG, is one of the world's leaders in design build water parks and also in manufacturing wave equipment. So the company, our founder, Herb Ellis, started out making commercial pool equipment in the 50s. And from there, he took that information and knowledge of building and took that to the water park industry. So we started making waves 
in 1970s. So we've been making waves for over 50 years, and we've made over 550 wave installations worldwide. So globally in wave pools, rivers, boogie boarding pools. And then from there in the 90s, as the water parks really started to boom in the United States, we took our construction background in manufacturing and started designing and building parks, full parks. So Six Flags, Wet and Wild, and we really got into that industry and took it by storm. In 2005, we worked with Tom Lochtefeld and you know we took a good idea of the Flowrider and turned it into a commercially viable product. So we built 130 of them in North America as the North American licensee. And then in 2020, we took all this knowledge of making waves and moving water and we decided to take it to the next level with Epic Surf. So yes, we've been making waves. We're a real company. We're established. We're not going anywhere. We service all <laughs> of our equipment that you know that we've been built for over 50 years. We're still servicing those wave equipments. And so, yeah, so we're really excited to take into the surf industry and got a lot of background and here we are. That's a, that's a fascinating story. I'm wondering what was the impetus? What kind of pushed you into the, the rapid wave arena? You've had these successful, you know, water parks and water slides and construction. And then all of a sudden it's like, bing, surf. Like yeah. what, like what pushed you? to uh, do that through, through within the company. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like I said, we spent a lot of years manufacturing Flowrider. And so we had all that experience with sheet wave technology and we knew the difference between, you know, a sheet wave, you can't use real fins. You know, you can get that feeling and excitement of a family-friendly wave, but it's really not real surfing. And we kept getting that feedback like, yeah, you know, it's it's a sheet wave, it's not real surfing. So, you know, we knew we had the ability to take that knowledge and all of our industry knowledge of building waves, and we knew we could take it to the next level to really provide a real surfing experience. And so that's why we saw the industry start to grow and understand the importance of surfing as it went into the Olympics and people started to really want to learn surfing. So what better way to bring surfing inland than to create a rapid wave? And and you guys have done that. And during the process perhaps you could you could talk about some of the lessons you learned while developing epic surf things you've learned you know during your demo maybe on the product design side some of those key elements that might be you know behind the scenes that would interest people to hear about sure yeah i mean you know the the most exciting thing for us was when we turned that on button right and um we actually before we had our first event we built epic surf in the middle of winter. And we had Ben Gravy come out and test out the wave in the middle of February <laughs> with his wetsuit on. I mean, we turned the wave on and as that water came down, it just brushed away all the snow from upstate New York. And I remember thinking, what the heck is this machine? Like, you know, in your, we've seen yeah. models, we've watched it, we watched everybody work on it, but is it really going to work? And, um, you know, when Ben Gravy bomb dropped right onto that wave in the middle of winter mm -hmm. and was like, this is absolutely gnarly. This is so cool. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was such an awesome experience. But, you know, I think the biggest thing we took away from the experience as we've had more and more riders is that everybody has different needs when they surf, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody surfs a little differently. You know, not two waves or two rides are always going to be the same. The nice thing with Epic Surf is it's a consistent wave and it never changes. But every rider is a little bit different. So being able to see how people ride waves, what different boards they need, 
we need to lower or raise the height, the volume of the water. We were able to play with all of the different elements and ways that we built that technology to make sure that it was something that could be tailored to each and every rider. And that was probably the biggest key takeaway that we found from that. And we really perfected with our wave. So, so explain that some, because I'm curious, how would you, what would you do to the machine to turn it on, crank it up to 11 for someone like Ben Gravy, and then dial it back for someone who's never surfed before? Absolutely. So how would that, how would that happen? What do, what do you control within the machine to do that? Sure. So we developed what we call a rapid wave adjustability. And so what we do is it's with a push of a button, you can turn the height of the wave from three feet up to five feet, and you can do it in a matter of seconds. So an operator can push the button for one session and be like, yep, you're a beginner lesson. We're going to start you here. Turn that wave down in just seconds. And it's really something super valuable to the industry because you don't have any downtime between your sessions. There's no you don't have to shut the wave down to then turn the wave mm-hmm. back up. It's that you can do it with a push of a button in just seconds. So that was so, really awesome that we could have Ben Gravy <laughs> jump on at right. 3.30 and a beginner jump on at 3.35. And there was no time between that. Now, is it is it literally a button or do you have software? Because I know a lot of the wave programs around the world that I've visited, they use pretty complicated software. Uh, what yeah. is it that Epic Surf uses? Epic Surf for the demo that we built is a button. Mm-hmm. But as it goes to market, there's going to be a I hope it's red. Is it like a big red button? Big red button, yes. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. All right. And uh, during your process of demoing the wave pool for people, everyone from Ben Gravy to people just learning how to to surf, what were some of the discoveries that you made during, during that process? Yeah, I think, like I said, it was just a lot of learning about how every surfer has different needs. We also learned about, you know, the smoothness of the wave and making it so that there's not turbulence while you're surfing. We learned the right size boards that work the best. You know, we had all different types of boards. We had boogie boards, skim boards, wake boards. We had a kayak. We've had everything under the sun on that wave and really learning where the sweet spot was, right? You know, somebody would show up with a oversized long board and they'd be like, oh, it works. But, you know, I enjoy surfing a five foot six board better or, hey, the foamy is really fun, but you know, I prefer my hard top. So kind of like experimenting with boards, we experimented with, you know, we have training bars. So being able to get people on the wave that have never been on the wave, but could get on, get the experience, kind of get the feeling for it and get off the wave in a safe and controlled environment was really exciting to see. And so experimenting with equipment, You know, we tried all different types of seasons, all different types of groups. You know, what's the throughput? How fast can you get a group through and see what that's like? So we really, we took as many opportunities as we could to really experiment, fine tune and find a sweet spot with the wave. Okay. And during that process, you opened up accessibility. I I know this through the Surf Park Summit, you guys won an award for providing, you know, the wave pool providing accessibility to the industry. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, it was a really, really exciting opportunity. We partnered with a group called AmpSurf and they're a veteran found adaptive surf program. And so we partnered with AmpSurf, a group called Life Song, the Veterans Affairs Office of Albany, New York. And um, we actually had Christian Bailey, the otter, who is an adaptive surf champion, come out to Epic Surf. And we hosted a whole day of events where we had somebody who was visually impaired, 
we had a paraplegic and we had a few others that, you know, had never been on a surfboard, but had autism. We had one who had cerebral palsy and it, it was just a very wonderful experience to have them come out and see what their experience would be on the wave. And, you know, we knew it would work. We had a feeling it would work, but really until you see, you know, the girl who had cerebral palsy and said, you know, I never thought in a million years, this was something I could actually do, get off and have the biggest smile and be like, I want to go again. I want to go again. I mean, it was honestly, I say this all the time from, you know, from a sales and marketing perspective and from a company perspective, it was a very successful event, but from like a human standpoint, standing there and watching the surfers have the time of their lives on our wave. I'm like, this is really something incredible that we built here. And, um, there's more to it than just a fun wave. There really, really is. So that was uh, so, incredible. Yeah, there are a lot of organizations, Amp Surf, and then uh, Surfers Awareness. I believe the the autism groups take people. Surfers Healing yes. takes people into the ocean or into the wave pool, gets them up on a surfboard, and there is something that happens to you when you're surfing where, for if, if someone has autism, it's it it can have a calming effect. And as you described the people with uh, cerebral palsy surfing and and they never thought they would get up on a, on a surfboard. Do you see using this? I, I know we talk about amusement parks. We talk about fun. Do you see value in Epic Surf as a therapeutic tool? Absolutely. I, I think from our findings of the event, not only are you able to tailor the wave to each surfer, right? Because you have the rapid wave adjustability. So you can lower it, raise it, whatever it needs for each surfer. You can use, you know, we had the group bring in oversized boards, right? So that they could stand on the board with the person that may have had an ailment. You can lower the flow of it, right? We can lower the volume of the water coming out so that a trainer, an instructor, a physical therapist could stand in the wave and help the surfer get the feeling for it or assist them as needed. You know, it was it, it's one of those things where the future of surfing and adaptive surfing and therapy can be in a contained environment where not only the person surfing can feel safer because you're right there and you have your instructor, your coach, your therapist talking to you and assisting you through the whole process. You get that level of intimacy and social interaction it's the camaraderie, right? You've got this feeling where you're a part of something and you're a part of this environment where you're supported and believed in that you can do this. But also, you know, there's the repetition. It's the same wave over and over again. So you're taking out that environmental factor where the wave may not be the same every time you're in the ocean. It never will be. And the fear of the ocean is a real thing, you know, and especially for parents, if you have a child or a, um, you know, a friend, or you might be nervous of sending them out into the ocean if they have an adaptive surf program, but to put them in a a contained rapid wave, or you can drain that wave dry in a matter of seconds, if they get afraid, if they have a problem, I mean, it changes the game and the future of surfing for everyone. That's, that's true. And uh, wave pools, both rapid and traveling wave seem to be at the forefront of facilitating surfing for people who who wouldn't have access to it normally which is uh which is a pretty huge thing when you think about it we just uh that's the great thing about what's going on right now in surfing is that it's more inclusive more people are able to try it with artificial wave technology 
Absolutely. And I mean, even if you look back at how adaptive surfing has evolved over the last several years, I mean, you know, it began in Brazil. Adaptive surf started in Brazil in the 1960s. And from there, in that short amount of time from then till now, I mean, it went from a sport that emerged to the first competition being held in the United States in 2007 to in 2015, doctors started prescribing surf as an actual form of therapy for veterans or people that, you know, need extra support instead of prescribing drugs. And from there now, you know, in 2019, the Wave UK was the first to host adaptive surf programs in their wave pool. So it's come leaps and bounds in the last several years. And now that we've begun to bring surfing to all different areas of the world, you know, the, the options are endless for therapy, for veterans, PTSD, people that just want to get the experience of surfing but are intimidated by the ocean or can't get to the ocean. It just opens a lot of doors for a lot of people. So it's a very exciting time. So in, the, in that, given that it's, it's growing so much and that standing waves help people so much, do you see a future possibly, I'm just kind of going way out there, where you'll have like rehabilitation centers. Um, we have one here in France at Cap Breton that's world-renowned for you go there with an injury to rehab and they use the facility and the equipment for other people of other abilities as well. Do you see maybe a stationary wave like Epic Surf at a center like this where people can come and they can rehab a knee injury or they can work on their physical therapy uh, if they have a condition like cerebral palsy? Absolutely. And I think, you know, it changes the learning curve, right? It makes it so much faster that you can get on the wave and you can do it faster. And um, you can learn the sport of surfing so much quicker than that of the ocean because you can just keep getting up and getting up and doing it over and over and over mm -hmm. again. Absolutely. And I think that, again, because we talk about geographically, if you're not located near the ocean, you know, mm -hmm. it's hard to use that as a form of therapy. You can't, might not be able to get or have access to the ocean. You might not be able to afford to go to travel to the ocean. Mm -hmm. So yes, I absolutely see that stationary waves will be a form of therapy for a lot of people moving forward. Now, because I can see that because I know with a, a sheet wave, when you fall, it's, it's painful. <laughs> yeah, but at least right? on a, a rapid wave or stationary wave, it's, um, you have a little water to splash into, so it's more helpful. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've said this, Epic Surf is a real wave. So when you fall, you're falling not on a surface. You're not falling on foam or a hard concrete. You're falling in a pool of water. Um, mm -hmm. And that was something that we saw that was really beneficial for our adaptive surf program. We had a gentleman and he kept saying, he was like, you know, he's been disabled with back femur and all these different ailments for a very long time. And he said, you know, when you're disabled, that you have this fear of getting hurt because you feel pain every day. And he said, you know, falling on Epic Surf was just like falling in a pool. And it took away that fear of, oh, I'm not going to get hurt. This is comfortable. I know what it's like to fall in water and I'm okay with that. So it took that whole element of fear away from him. So he was able to really just focus on surfing. So it was really powerful to see how that element of fear of falling and pain can mm -hmm. be removed. Which is why I never got into skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, right? As, yeah, as much as friends. There, there is something uh, when you fall and it hurts. There's that brief window in your youth where it's okay. But uh, right. as you age and self-preservation kicks in, uh, you don't want to get hurt. 
And look, you know, <laughs> we're not ignorant at Epic Surf to say that stationary waves or rapid waves, whatever you want to call them, are going to replace the experience of the ocean or even that of a wave pool or a big lagoon. They're all different experiences and they're more complementary than anything. Mm-hmm. We had a gentleman who is an ESA junior surfer and he said, I was able to catch 150 waves in seven hours of surfing. And he was like, it made me a better surfer today. And wow. that's something that it's not going to replace the ocean for him, but it was an incredible learning tool for him where he was able to take all that experience of him practicing and practicing and practicing over and over again, able to explore different tricks and different techniques. Because you know that you fall, you can get right back up and you got the same wave. You're not fighting one another to catch that wave. You can just keep going and going and going. So yes, we, I just wanted to put that out there. You know, We don't think ocean surfing is gone or ocean surf therapy is going to disappear. This isn't going to replace the ocean. It's something that will complement it. And again, bring surfing to those who don't have access as well. So on, on that theme, as Epic Surf moves forward, we move into 2023 and the this division of the company ADG grows. Where do you see yourselves going like this year? What what do you have in store for us that you that you can share? Absolutely. Our company, we're innovators. We're designers, we're builders, we're innovators. Um, so we plan on continuing to make sure that we're delivering the best product. So we will continue to be R&Ding constantly on this wave and making sure that it is the best possible wave out there. Um, We have lots of possible clients out there. We have lots Mm -hmm. of discussions happening and we're hoping to have a project to announce coming soon. So Mm -hmm. stay tuned. And, you know, we're also working on um, some exciting projects in the water park business, wave pools. So we will have plenty to announce coming soon. So stay tuned. (laughs) That's that's epic. So having the company based in upstate New York, and uh, it's not really what people think of when they think of self surf culture or water park culture. Have you kind of opened up? I know we mentioned the parking lot earlier, but uh, do do you get out to water parks and wave pools enough? We do. Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually designed and built two water parks in upstate New York. You wouldn't think of it, but mm-hmm. there are water parks in New York. But yes, we do. We travel to see our clients regularly. We have projects all over the globe that open. And we always try and get out to see our clients, prospective Mm -hmm. clients. So our sales marketing team, we're on the road quite often looking for jobs and visiting different parks. It's one of the best parts of working at the company. It's getting to see a project and the reaction and how successful it ends up being. So that's great. You get to travel and you get to uh, kind of expand your business periphery by seeing other other businesses, other models and such. And and recently you just went to Surf Expo. I did. Yes. Yeah. I just got what home was, on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. What was it what was your impression of Surf Expo? Surf Expo was great. I mean, it's a large show. For any of those of you listening that have not heard of Surf mm-hmm. Expo, it's actually quite well attended. It's the largest in the world um, on the retailer side. So yeah, it was very well attended, lots of different exhibitors and It was interesting to have conversations with some of the exhibitor planning team as we talked about the future of Surf Expo and how the growing need for artificial wave technologies. And so 
I would expect we'll start to see more and more technologies start to show up at that show for sure. Yeah, it's it's an interesting space where some of the technology companies have gone maybe one year, but have have not come back quite as uh, like, oh, we have a booth here. We're going to set up next to Billabong and do this. And I think a lot of that is, again, the surf industry and the artificial wave space is still so new, right? There's so many unknowns at this time and it's still at its infancy. And I think that if people have come and exhibited, they probably were like, "Mm, not the right time yet for me. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as these parks start to open and keep coming to fruition, I think we'll see more and more in that industry for sure. Yeah. Well, that's the exciting thing. And that's uh, what we talk about a lot on the website and here on the podcast is just the potential and kind of the narrative for this space as it evolves, as surf parks come into being, as wave pools come into being, you know, what's it going to look like? Is there going to be one near me? That, that kind of thing. And it's, um, it's really exciting. Exactly. It really is. Yeah. We're really excited at ADG and Epic Surf, you know, to be part of the surf park infancy and the movement as surfing has grown so much in the last several years. Um, and it's become a part of the Olympics and Hopefully, you know, adaptive surfing becomes a part of the Olympics as well moving forward. So we're really excited to be a part of it. And, you know, we're ready to deliver some incredible and epic waves to wherever they need to be. That's cool. We're, we're stoked to, uh, to see you in the space and st- see the company um, expanding and developing their product. And it just makes the whole, the whole kind of landscape that much more rich. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. In the water park industry, we always say, you know, our competitors are our partners and we work mm-hmm. with them on our projects all the time. And mm-hmm. I think the same holds true to the surf industry. You know, we don't look at the big wave lagoons as our competition. It's, you know, it's something where as the artificial wave space grows and surf parks become more established and pop up more frequently, it'll be something where we all are friends and competitors in the same regard because mm-hmm. the stationary waves will complement those big wave lagoons. They'll need to be more than just that big iconic wave at a park to fill the void for all of the people coming to the park. So yeah, we're excited to be a part of it and it's exciting to see where it goes from here. Well, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and sharing your your story and the story of Epic Surf and ADG and giving us some background about how your product developed and how you see yourself expanding within the space. Of course. I was happy to be here and happy to share our knowledge. And yeah, very exciting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Julie. Thank you, Brian. Happy to be here. Okay, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Sounds good. Thank you so much.